Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett-Martin. I'm an alcoholic and an addict, and I am grateful for all the support my friends have been showing me recently with my new adventures. As of this recording, I am 887 days sober, and today we're welcoming back my sober sibling, Kristen, to discuss improving our conscious contact with our higher powers. That either sounds like fun times or a nightmare of an episode, but I promise it'll be fun. Welcome back, Kristen. Thank you. Thanks for having me back, Steve. Yes, I am so glad to have you on as one of my regulars. But what's been new since our last episode, probably about three to four months ago? Well, good things and also hard things. But I'll start with good things. I'm back to work. There was a strike that affected me and I'm working again. I don't know. We turned into fall in the city and I'm into that. I don't know. I've gotten in a lot of good time with my nieces. So yeah, some good stuff. Excellent. And why the topic of step 11 or talking about higher power stuff? Well, I actually thought until you sent me the outline, we were going to do traditional 11. And it was because I had to do a qualification today at a different meeting in person about traditional 11. So I was like, why not? you know, knock two of them out with one set of like thinking. But then when we did step 11, I was like, great, because I said everything I have to say about traditional 11. I'll talk about it anymore. So serendipity is the answer. We just are lucky to be able to talk about it. And I mean, I love I love step 11. I'm excited to talk about it. Excellent. Yeah. And I learned recently because I've been studying the traditions with my my sponsor that like there's like a parallel between the, the steps and the traditions, like the number to number at least mm-hmm. on like the, the take the 12 or whatever. That's been cool yeah. to read. So yeah. funny the way that that works out. So what was your relationship with a higher power like before entering recovery? Yeah, I mean, pretty minimal. Although I had my moments. I So I was raised Unitarian, which is, for those who don't know, a very, very liberal, technically Christian, like Protestant religion, but really we did not have any kind of like Christianity in it. It was very much like the spirit of that religion was love your neighbor, be a good person, you know, take care of the environment was a big thing. So that was the church I grew up in, very loose, um, very warm, very queer friendly, I should say. Like I some of my earliest memories of church was there actually was like kind of a a debate between the older people and the younger people about whether they should ordain a, a lesbian minister. And I think the, le- the minister didn't go through, but there was just sort of a collective sense that those old people were about to die off and like the church wanted. It was like a very, it felt to me very welcoming and warm in that way. And like I prayed when I was little, like my parents taught me like little prayers to say before bed and I would add on wishes to the end. Like, 
and please help me be a good girl and please make me win my soccer game and da 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 make my sister stop being so mean. So that was it when I was little. And then, I mean, I could go off on a whole qualification, but that after that, there was like moments where like I meditated and I felt connected to something or I went on a retreat once where part of it, we're supposed to go out and like, you know, connect with something bigger than ourselves. So like I had those moments, but I certainly, I both neither really had a strong relationship with a higher power and I didn't have like, some people come in with like religious trauma. I didn't have that either. It was just pretty like, oh, huh, interesting. Yeah. And I, it's great that like you at least felt accepted because I hear so many people who do talk about that religious trauma. I don't know whether I would say that I, my religious experiences were traumatic as much mm-hmm. as I mean, I went to Catholic school and there was a lot of things going on. Like I was in the time where priests were dropping like flies and it was happening close uh-huh. to home as well as in national news. And, uh-huh. you know, there was hypocrisy and like, but like, I remember like getting all A's in religion and still being told like, no, but you're gay. So like, none of it matters. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. You, you, you could get straight A's and unless you become a priest and yeah. the only thing you ever have sex with is your left hand, like you can't yeah. do this. And so I, I left that and didn't really think twice about it after I was done graduating high school yeah. and like getting in my A's in religion. But it, I would say it's interesting that you talked about that experience of like connecting with something else afterwards. Cause I think that I might've had those experiences during meditation or during just like moments of peace or serenity. And I wouldn't even have been able to think that that was God or my higher power because at the time I was like, no, like God doesn't want me or I don't want God, or I wasn't sure where that disconnect was from the Catholic God. But I was like, the Catholic God would be showing up to me in like my little hippie meditations Right. And right. so like, I really, learning that it was possible was cool. Yeah. I always felt, and I feel very lucky for this. I went back and forth of if I even believed in our God or not. But when I did, I was always like, anyone who says it's about hate is wrong. Like I was just like baffled that anyone could be so stupid as to yeah. think like they were right about God wanting gay people to be in trouble or like anti-abortion or anything. Like I was just like, you're clearly wrong. I don't know where that arrogance came from, but I always carried it with me. I mean, that's, um, that's good to have like that. Yeah, it was very, it was very protective. So anyway. yeah. And I know that when I entered into the rooms, well, before I entered into the rooms, I was very convinced that it was a religious organization, my, like our 12 step program. And even when they were talking about all the the steps and the, the word God, and it just scared me away that first time when I like got my DUI in college, I wasn't yeah. ready yet. Mm-hmm. I hadn't gone through enough to be ready to admit that I was an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic at that time. Now in hindsight, I see that. But at that time I heard it involved having a relationship with God and doing personal work. And both the things were not what I was about at that time. I thought that they were going to help me cheat so I didn't get caught next time. So, you know, what was your experience like when you first encountered the rooms and what your perception of higher power meant? It's really interesting. I, to me, I, so I went to Al-Anon before I went to AA is one thing. And I guess, and I'm trying to think about like, I got 12 stepped into that room. So like the person that bought me was a person that I like trusted to not be putting me in a cult. Do you know what I like, yeah. I guess that was part of it. But it still seems to me that I should have been shocked by how much traditional God language and especially like God referred to as he, like I, it doesn't seem in retrospect, remembering like the way I was thinking about things at the time that I would have been like, sure, fine. But I was, 
maybe part of it was the Al-Anon sponsor that I had was very like dogmatically like I am a scientist. I only believe in what I can prove. Like she actually was more agnostic, skeptical than I would have even said. And I think it is just kind of my, like I said, like I just have a kind of arrogance when I'm like, I'll just define this however I want. And I did. And I trusted them when they said that I could, which was nice. There was a, I remember doing something that was really, my al experience that first time through was a little bit, you know, it was mixed. But a thing they did that was really powerful for me is, I think it was on step two, I went through and I made a notebook and I took out, like I looked for like poems and like prayers from different traditions and like quotes, like just like anything that made sense to me of people talking about God or higher power that I thought was like beautiful. And I, cause I do also think, I think, I guess the way that I connected with it too, I just always thought like most of the, like prior to now, most of the writers that I love believe were religious and believed in God, most philosophers. So like, whatever it is, like, it's not just that like, I'm too smart for it. Do you know what I mean? And I tried to go back and like find some of that. And that was a good way in for me. But there still was a huge gap between that and like God could do anything for me. Do you know what I mean? Or like the actual practice of it. I had no clue. But that being willing to like define it myself and be like, okay, sure. That I did have. Yeah. I mean, defining it was really, really cool. I know though that it feels like the moment that you're like, okay, I believe in this power. Then all of a sudden you're told to turn your will and your lives over to its care. I mean, what was that process like for you? Cause I mean, that, that is, I think what, you know, a lot of people that I've talked with and worked with like struggle with is that yeah. they finally get their mind around the concept and now they're like, okay. And I give myself up to you. Right. I mean, I think the way that I ease my way into it in, I don't think I ever really took step three in when I did Al-Anon. Like, I think that didn't happen until I came into, I don't even know where to stop one Al-Anon. But like, I guess the point is, I was just like, yes, there's this beautiful idea of like the universe and it's all connected. It's so lovely. And here are all these poems. And like, I'm going to do, like, obviously can't do anything. It can't like, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't believe and I thought it was almost wrong that is where I did get into like really old beliefs that it was like wrong to turn your will over to something like then you were like one of those people who was like Jesus takes the wheel and then like didn't do their basic human responsibilities you know what I mean like yeah and so so we did it I would say in Al-Anon and then in AA though when I came in I think the thing that happened was that my life had imploded so much that it just knocked me off my like throne at the center of the universe. But I thought like what I understood when I came into AI was that I could not run my life anymore. That was my higher power moment and like the experience that got me in. And so then there was just like desperation of, I can't do this. Somebody else has got to step in. And I still don't believe while I'm like praying and stuff that like anything is going to happen. It's only in retrospect where I'm like, Oh, it seems like this was taken care of. It seemed like doing all of these things that seemed very obvious to me weren't going to work. And I was just going through the motions, like are changing my life, but not in the way that I thought that they would. I agree. I know that it was freeing turning my well over 
as much as it was scary, like once you're done with it, you're like, ah, like I'm not the one in control like anymore. Like it's not ultimately, I don't have to play God. And I was, I didn't realize how much I was trying to play God in my life, that it was for not having to play that God anymore. And if someone around me is, you know, being an unfortunate asshat of a person, I'm like, I can't control that. I just have to accept it. And that's been so helpful. But then, you know, we go through in this program of ours or the different programs, a whole bunch of personal work. And near the end, we're encouraged to seek through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with our higher power, praying only for the knowledge of their will for us and the power to carry that out. Now, how would you even try and explain what that means to someone who's not working the steps? What is step 11? Yeah, I wouldn't try to explain it really because I feel like they come in order and like you can't really if you don't have a higher power and you haven't like had whatever experience that requires to convince you that a right life run on self-will will not be a success, like then there's no point. But like, I guess what I would say is a very basic pray and meditate stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. actually it's very practical in a way that like you said, yeah, in step three, like how do I even do that? I don't know. But step 11, it's just pray and meditate, pray and meditate. which I do. So yeah. And what do those practices look like for you? Because like I always thought of like growing up, at least I was taught that praying involves sitting on your knees in a church on a pew. Yeah. And I always thought that meditation involved paying $60 to go to a class for someone in yeah. flip flops and bad hygiene, like walks you through different poses you can't do like, which is yeah, also yoga, totally. I'm realizing now. But like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I learned both of those things aren't true. And all of it is beautiful. But like, yeah, what was that? What is it like to you? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll start with meditation because I feel like that's the thing, frankly, is more familiar with, you know, I used to meditate. I didn't go to a class usually and I didn't put on flip flops, but like in the way that you do, you know, I have a cushion and I would sit there for 10 or 15 or before like I got up to 20 minutes, I would read books on meditation and I read on Buddhism. And then it's just like, you're just sitting there and you're concentrating on your breath and you're trying to still your mind. And it's really hard. (laughs) That was my impression of meditation before I came in. And honestly, it's not that different now. But I try to do it. I wrestle with it. I'm interested in it. I want to do it. I've had the last couple of days, actually, I remembered the curiosity that I had about meditation before I came in that was about a little more like rooted in a Buddhist tradition and was about like impermanence and all that stuff. And I was like, I used to really care about that. I would like to get back into it again and build out my meditation sort of with some of that richness, because honestly, up until a couple of days ago, meditation was like for five to 10 minutes, you know, irregularly, you know, over the last couple of years, like it just, I wasn't really doing it. I would do some, like, I had like guided meditations and some like a problem in meditation is you like, if you're not paying attention, you like leave your body and go up into your head and you're just like spinning out and thinking and it's worse when you end it again. So I did have like a tapping app that was like, showed you how to like tap on your pressure points and like, and it calmed me down. But like, was it meditation the way that like the 12 steps? I don't think it was. It was just like another like self-care practice. So I'm trying to do a little more. I would like to do more meditation. I've heard someone say that like praying is talking to God and meditation is listening. And so I feel like getting quiet and sort of listening and paying attention to what's going on. I do try to do that. And I do try to do that every day. And it's just ways of of doing that. And then prayer, that's kind of like the one 
I think is so interesting because it's like, yeah, I said I said prayers when I was little, but I would never think of myself as a praying person. And now I pray all the time. I like can't stop, won't stop with prayer. I love it. And it's like, I have a couple prayers. Like I say the third step prayer every day. I say for a long time or for a while, the last couple of months, I was really spinning out and there was like, I felt just upset and there was a lot of stuff I couldn't figure out. And I started saying the set aside prayer, which maybe you know, but is there's longer version of it. I shortened it because I couldn't remember it. So it's, so what I was saying was like, God, please help me set aside everything I think I know about you, myself and other people so that I may have a, an open mind and a new experience of life. Please help me see the truth. And I would say that every time I got upset and it really changed something. Like it really, really helped. But I also just try like the last thing I'll say about prayer and I've been talking a lot is like you're praying if you're thinking at God. Do you know what I mean? Like it. And so like I have an inner monologue that's always running. Do you know what I mean? That's always ranting. That's always upset. That's always worried. And so now I try to do is when I notice that it's like you can keep doing that. Just like just it's like literally just have to change the intonation, right? You're like, God, I wish this stupid guy in front. And so you're like, God, I wish the stupid guy, you know, that's a prayer. Like, so you can just do that and it helps and it helps get a little bit of distance between what's happening in your head. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and what's happening in the world. Oh yeah. What about you? Yeah. I, I, well, I, I love that you say like that praying is talking and like meditating is listening. Cause I was like, no wonder why I'm naturally better at praying. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I've gotten, I've learned active listening and all of that. And like the program and like different personal work, but like, yeah, my natural thing is just to talk, talk, talk. So yeah. I, I know that my favorite time to pray and like my husband doesn't get it. Cause he's not in the program, but like it's in the car, like on my drive home from work, like, and my drive into work, like on my drive into work is basically like praying that yeah. like I'll have the strength to get through the day that like, I won't let the bullshit around me get to me that like, yeah. I, I'll keep in mind like what's important for me and what matters and what I can and can't control. And like my drive home is like kind of praying and like letting go of resentments from the day. And like, what could I do better? Like, what am I not going to take with me? And what will I take with me? And so, yeah, that that's kind of where I do most of my praying. And then I learned that I do better in meditation classes and groups rather than on my own, because when I'm on my own, it turns into nap time. Yeah. No matter how well rested I am in advance, give me yeah. like even the talking ones, like I'll listen for a little bit and then I'm just out. So I need yeah, to be around other funny. people where I know that I'm being watched. <laughs> Do you, when you're praying in the car, is it out loud? Do you use your like mouth or is it just your thinking? It's mostly like thinking, but there are like times when like, I'm sure if you were recording the audio in the car, you'd hear me like muttering under my breath, talking to myself <laughs> like a crazy person. Like yeah. I'm sure that some of the words come out, but like maybe every <laughs> third word. So you, my dog really thinks I'm nuts. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and what would you say are th ways that you are working on improving your prayer or your meditation routines? Yeah. I mean, one is, well, so I'm actually working the steps in another program now. I mean, whatever I can say, it, it's not like, this yeah. is one of those, <laughs> it's an open 12 steps. So I'm doing Alan on again. Like I'm going back to it and doing it. I'm working, working the steps and we're going really slow. And so one of the things my sponsor is really on me is like, but in a gentle element is like pause, slow down, like say a prayer. So it's just like, to me, so much of it is just 
doing everything more slowly than is my instinct. And that includes saying, so that adding those prayers every morning, my sponsor has really been like, you should be saying a prayer before you open your eyes. And I have not been able to do that yet, honestly. Like sometimes I can do when I get out of bed. Sometimes I have to have like one cup of coffee. <laughs> Usually wake up in a pretty weird. And so I'm trying to do that. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't know that it will work or not, but thinking about trying to make, to get serious about meditation and the practice of it. Like I said, I, I love reading about it. I love knowing about it. I love hearing what's going on. I thought about going to a meditation center and like, I think that would be nice. And I think it would be nice to have something that's like a little separate from it. Do you know, like where it feeds AA, but maybe it's like in a, in a different tradition or like I'm meeting other people who aren't in AA and just like making a little rich and like, new making it feel new so that i'm like excited to do it and fall yeah. into it yeah i'll send you the information next time steven does one of his full moon ceremonies because we do them on zoom but i love i love That's like hilarious. those medica- meditations so i think my goal is to try and learn how to meditate on my own without falling asleep yeah <laughs> i'll have to think about the whole praying before your eyes open thing because i don't think my brain really like boots up until i've been like awake and moving for about half an hour I'm no like, it's really interesting and like you know, I wake up, like, what are the things you're thinking about when you wake up? Like, mine are not things I'm proud of. Like, they're always obsessions. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, I kind of, or I have to like, think about something I really want. So that I'll be motivated to get out of bed. Do you know, but it's like, I just feel like my brain is kind of mucky in the mornings. And it's, it's, yeah, it's like, how soon can you get off that one mental track and into a different one? So yeah, I don't yeah. know whether I call it mucky. I feel like it's like the computers from the 80s where when you push the power <laughs> button, it just takes a couple of minutes for it to fully yeah. boot up. Where like, it's not that I'm having bad thoughts. It's that my, uh, my, my thought process is like, open eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you can on say ground. prayer. Yes. And then, yeah. Excellent. And what's something that you're looking forward to either in your personal life or in your recovery? Oh my God, I just bought plane tickets to go to Japan with my brother. Oh, that's I on know. my bucket list. Me too. I like it, the timing is ridiculous. I don't, it's not financially the wisest thing I've ever done, but he was going and I've always wanted to go. And so it was just like, look, Kristen, like it's never going to be the perfect time. I'm so nervous about it. I'm like, oh, I have like 12 million ideas about how it can go wrong, but I'm also really excited. I am so excited for you. Are you going when the cherry blossoms are going to be blooming? No, we're going to go a little before then. It's like the prices just skyrocket once yeah, they're out. Imagine. So that's my dream. Yeah. That <laughs> would yes. be cool. But yes, no. I, I Maybe I'll, I'll just cancel my return flight home and stay there for another several months and see them. Oh my goodness. Them. That sounds the dream. Just don't stay in the ring house. No, or the, from the grudge yes i mean maybe i would actually i don't know <laughs> i'm pretty cool. into her as you know <laughs> all right well thank you so much Kristen. we could chat all day but i think that's our episode yeah thank you and thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of gay a podcast make sure you follow us on the socials at gay a podcast and follow us where you're listening right now so you can get these new episodes every thursday and until next time stay sober friends